Why is God so angry? Isn't the Bible full of contradictions? How could God allow so much science just proves the Bible? Good. How can the how Bible can say the earth was created in six days? How can the Bible say the earth was created in six days? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Daily. We are carrying on in the book of Daniel and the life of Daniel within the prophets. And Daniel's an interesting book in the Bible. You have to keep the genres straight because within the book, we have prophecy, we have history, we have uh, apocalyptic uh, writing and literature. And that makes it one of the more difficult parts of the Bible to read and to study if you're not paying attention to what kind of literature you're actually reading. Uh, today, we're focusing on the historical part of the book of Daniel and at Daniel's personal faith and God's presence with him as he suffered and remained faithful to God under threat of death. Uh, and yesterday, Andy spoke about Daniel's three companions also found in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a very famous story that many children in Sunday school have learned uh, about the fiery furnace and their faith in God's provision for them and their faith in standing up for God under persecution. Uh, it's a similar theme today. Uh, we're talking about persecution. We're talking about suffering, actually, suffering for our faith in God. And the question that has been asked uh, over and over again through every generation is, how do we make sense of suffering for Jesus? Uh, there are actually other questions about suffering. How do we make sense of suffering at all? Uh, but as Christians, as followers of God, as people in the Old Testament who followed God as well, that question was always a powerful one. How do I make sense of the suffering that I go through because I love God? And as Christian, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the first thing that we have to get straight is that when we suffer because of our faith, we need to do so for the right reasons. Uh, and Peter writes about that in his letter, his first letter, actually. He says this, If you suffer, it must not be for murder or for stealing, for making trouble, or listen to this, even for prying into other people's affairs. In other words, just being a nosy, gossipy so-and-so. Uh, there is no shame, however, he writes, in suffering because you're a Christian. Praise God, in fact, for the privilege of being called by his name. That's in 1 Peter chapter 4. To get back to Daniel, however, um, in Daniel, we find that when we suffer for our faith, uh, God actually joins us in our suffering. Uh, and Andy pointed that out yesterday, especially with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As they were thrown into the fiery furnace, uh, Nebuchadnezzar looked in there, and here's what happened. He jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? And they replied, yes, your majesty, that's what we did. And he says, look, I see four men unbound and walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. And many people believe that actually the fourth person in the fire accompanying those three men was actually the, the Lord Jesus himself uh, prior to his incarnation in the Old Testament. Uh, and so God promises to be with us in everything that we go through in our lives, including our suffering, especially, I believe, in our suffering. Uh, but why do we suffer? Why do so many who love God and who follow Him with their lives suffer? What is it about our faith and suffering that bring the two together? 
Uh, and I've got, I've got a few answers for us today, uh, coming out of Daniel and, and out of other places. Um, I think, first of all, because, and we know this, there's a cosmic struggle happening around us that has nothing to do with our lives, but it has to do with this cosmic struggle between good and evil, between God and the enemy of God, and that is Satan, and all of the death that he brings into this world. Uh, the angel said to Daniel as he was praying for God's intervention in things in Daniel chapter 10, he says, don't be afraid, Daniel, when he appeared to him. He says, since the first day that you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. And I have come in answer to your prayers. But in verse 13 of chapter 10, it says, for 21 days, however, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. The spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, the demon that is ruling actually over spiritually the kingdom of Persia in which Daniel lived, blocked my way. And then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit, dueling it out with him in order to get to you. And so, as Paul writes, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It is against the forces of evil in the spiritual places, the rulers, the principalities, and the authorities. And so as we live our lives, what is going on around us that we can see is just a very small part of what is going on around us that we cannot see. There is a vast spiritual struggle going on in the heavens and on the earth around us. And as people, we are drawn into that struggle. And many people who don't know God, of course, are drawn into the dark side of that struggle. You know, the second part about suffering, though, and why do Christians even suffer, is because suffering fills God's people with hope and conviction. Uh, in fact, the stronger the persecution, the more significant, most often, the spiritual vitality of those who believe. It really is true that as we face uh, persecution for our faith and for what we truly believe in and stand for, that our faith actually is thrown away and we just walk away from it, or we stand more deeply in it and hold to it more robustly. Um, Daniel, it happened in his life. Um, he was thrown into the, 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 the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the blazing furnace. And here's what they said. This is from yesterday again. If we are thrown into that furnace, Nebuchadnezzar, the God whom we serve is able to save us. There's their faith. And he will rescue us from your power. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Uh, many times in our lives, until we suffer, we really don't know how deep our faith is and whether we truly believe or not. And over the centuries of people following God, thousands of years, and the centuries following Jesus Christ, God's Son, uh, people uh, who, who have suffered have found out just how powerful their faith is. Uh, thirdly, uh, suffering also is really the most powerful witness that we have on this earth. And, and God points that out many times throughout uh, the Bible. And again, in Daniel, we see this. Then King Darius, this is later on after Nebuchadnezzar has died. Darius follows Nebuchadnezzar. He is his follower as the next king. Uh, and uh, he sets up a law. It doesn't go well. Uh, and what we find is that uh, Daniel gets, gets caught in this trap of, of a law that says you must bow down to the king. And Daniel won't do that. And Darius doesn't even want Daniel to do that. But because he's put this law in place and hasn't thought it through, Daniel is now going to be executed because he is trapped in this legal position. 
And in verse 25, King Darius, after uh, throwing, uh, sorry, uh, King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the empire after throwing Daniel in the, uh, in the lion's den and having Daniel uh, be in the lion's den and be protected in that. He then pulls him out and he says this, and this is the witness of Daniel uh, after being thrown in the lion's den and living through it and yet many others have not. He says, I decree that everyone through my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He will perform miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power uh, of the lions. Um, King Darius, didn't have a strong understanding of Daniel's God and didn't actually believe in that God until Daniel suffered, until Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, until King Darius could see Daniel's faith in action and then could see God's hand in actually saving Daniel. Uh, and again, throughout history, when God has acted, people believe, but also when people act on God's behalf and their faith actually brings them to a point of even death, that is when uh, the message of Jesus is so powerful uh, in our lives, in sickness, in suffering, and even in death. Right now, there are Christians being hunted down in Afghanistan as the government has changed, has changed hands and it's going to a radical Islamic uh, government. We are getting messages uh, today from Christians who are there saying, uh, we do not expect that we will live much longer, but we are holding to our faith in Jesus. And that faith is, in fact, uh, percolating into the lives of other people. More and more people in places in the world that are really struggling are following Jesus. Now, let me ask you, how is your faith today? Uh, are you prepared uh, as you struggle through uh, things that in this life uh, in Canada are really not that bad? Maybe unpopularity, uh, maybe being ridiculed, um, maybe not being friends with people because they don't want a Christian in their friendship group. But are, are you prepared to stand for God? In other parts of the world, our brothers and sisters are suffering even more greatly. And yet their faith is robust and God promises to walk with them. I was reading a book uh, just recently. It's called The Insanity of God. The Insanity of God, and it talks about actually Christians who have suffered uh, throughout the world here in just this last century. Uh, and the man's premise who writes this book, he actually uses a pseudonym because it is too dangerous for him to use his own name as he has done a lot of research in this. Uh, he basically postulates, uh, he puts forward that as Christians, um, suffering is to be expected in our lives. In order to follow Jesus well, and when we follow Jesus well, actually suffering should accompany us. And in other parts of the world, people uh, don't even trust Christian leaders until they've suffered and maybe been thrown in prison for their faith. He brings up the story of a man named Dimitri. Uh, and Dimitri was a Christian in a communist nation uh, a couple of decades ago. He was not a pastor, but he was a Christian leading a house church in his village. And that house church grew to include almost the entire village of people as they all began to turn to God. And of course, the communist authorities slowly increased their persecution on Dimitri and his family. He lost his job at the local factory. Uh, his wife was uh, fired from her job. His children even were expelled from school. Uh, and finally, one night, Dimitri was arrested and he was sent to prison for 17 years actually. He was put in a small cell, eight feet by eight feet, and he was put in the most notorious part of, uh, of a 
prison full of hardened criminals. They had a special spot for him in the midst of these criminals, uh, 1,500 of them that were around him. What happened to Dimitri over that time? Well, he remembered that two things uh, kept him in his faith that were important that his father had taught him. And so while well, even in prison, he, um, he made a commitment that every day he was going to try to do two things. The first was that if he could find a piece of paper uh, and a pencil, he was going to write down all the things that he was thankful for, whenever he had a chance to do that. And whenever he did find a scrap of paper and a pencil, he would write down things and put them in the corner of his cell. And when he, those things were found, he was often taken out and beaten for them, but it was still a discipline that he adhered to. The second thing he did was he awoke every morning, and in the morning when he woke up, he turned to the east, raised his hands in worship, and sang a song uh, called a heart song that was a song from his heart that he had memorized in praise to God. And while he did that, many of the 1,500 prisoners uh, began to uh, mock him for it. But after a while, the mocking died down, and they would simply listen for his song every morning. Uh, one day, Dimitri finds a scrap of paper that is larger than usual, and he says, miraculously, there was a pencil with it. And I want to pick up uh, what happens there in his story. It says this, um, he wrote down everything that he could possibly thank the Lord for, uh, and then he says, and I put it in the corner of my cell, and of course my jailer saw it, and I was beaten and punished, and I was even threatened with execution. Dimitri, the, the book says, was dragged from his cell, and as he was dragged down the corridor in the center of the prison, the strangest thing happened. Before they reached the door leading to the courtyard where he was going to be taken out and executed, or at least the threat of it was there, 1,500 hardened criminals got up and stood at attention by their beds, faced the east, and began to sing. And Dimitri uh, said that it sounded to him like the greatest choir in all of human history. 1,500 criminals raising their arms and singing the heartfelt song that they had heard Dimitri sing for years to Jesus Christ. It goes on that Dimitri's jailers instantly released their hold on his arms and stepped away from him, actually in terror. And one of them said, who are you? And Dimitri straightened his back after these years in prison and all the beatings, stood as tall and as proud as he could and said, I am the son of the living God and Jesus is his name. And the guards, instead of executing him, returned him to his cell. And actually not much later after that, they let him go. What would happen if you were in Dimitri's shoes? How would I respond in Dimitri's shoes? We see in the pages of Scripture how Daniel and his friends responded. We see in the pages of Scripture how our Lord responded, the disciples responded, the saints of the early church responded. Uh, suffering and persecution are a part of the church. And when we are called to suffer on behalf of our Lord, uh, he says, I will be with you in all things. So be strong and courageous because I am with you wherever you go. Whatever you're facing today, may you face it in Jesus and in the power of the gospel that has rescued you from sin and from brokenness and has promised you life forever. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for uh, this incredible power that accompanies us, the power of your presence in our lives. We pray that whatever we face today, God, we would face it with, with strength and with deep faith in you. We pray that you would create deeper faith and stronger faith in us. And Lord, uh, beyond ourselves, especially today. We pray for the persecuted brothers and sisters throughout the world that are facing death simply because they follow you and believe in you with all their heart. Give them, 
Lord, uh, faith to face what they must face today. Lord, we pray for them. We pray for their safety, but we pray also for their witness that it would go forth and many would believe in you. In Jesus, amen. The Lord be with you today.